Church Audio, striving to introduce people to Jesus through scripture, biblical instruction, and prayer with authenticity and vibrancy. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. Just sit back, relax, and let God do the rest. Please consider subscribing to this podcast and leave a rating and review. And please consider supporting this ministry through a tax-deductible donation at mountainview.church. That's mountainview.church slash give. Now here's this week's message. There were three farmers who had three different fields in three different areas. All three fields had very good soil. It was soft and full of nutrients. They prepared their fields in the same way. They planted the same seed at the same time of year and cared for their fields with the same diligence. The seeds in all three fields germinated and sprouted at the same time. As the growing season progressed, these three stories shifted. The first farmer experienced blessing after blessing, the perfect amount of rain and the perfect amount of sun. There were no insect infestations, no rodents were feeding on his crop and burrowing through his field. By the end of the growing season, the first farmer praised God for providing the best crop of his life. The second farmer also experienced a productive growing season, although not quite as good as the first farmer. Not long after planting, his field flooded, followed by a heat wave. Thankfully, there were no insect or rodent problems once the plants started to sprout and grow. By the end of the season, this second farmer praised God for providing an excellent amount of produce that year. Then there was the third farmer. He had some significant challenges throughout his growing season. Like the second farmer, he had the same struggles with flooding followed by excessive heat, but he also had an issue with insects right in the middle of his season. Thankfully, he got it under control before too much of his crop was affected. And thankfully, the farmer didn't have any rodent problems that whole year. By the end of his season, the third farmer praised God for sustaining him through challenges and providing more than enough to feed his family. And still, he made a decent profit that year. None of these three farmers knew the environmental or ecological struggles that the season would hold, but they were all ready. All three farmers began the season with good soil, and all three farmers had prepared their fields. They were ready for the seeds to be planted. In the end, all three farmers endured and all three fields yielded great crops, despite what struggles a couple of them endured. Much like the farmers in this story, not knowing what environmental or ecological struggles may come, we don't know what cultural or spiritual struggles may come during each season of our lives. And yet, Being prepared can make all the difference. As we've discovered over the past few weeks, studying Jesus' parable of the sower, good soil represents a soft and open heart, ready and willing to hear and understand his gospel and apply it to our lives. Receiving the gospel doesn't mean that there won't be trials. Truth be told, there might be more. But it's all worth it to be a part of God's bigger plan. He is faithful, and in the fullness of time, he will provide a 30, 60, 
or even a hundredfold yield on what has been planted in our hearts. Hi, my name is Dagmar. I'm reading from Matthew 13, verse 1 to 9. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered around him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on a beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had not, no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. As we've journeyed through the parable of the sower, Jesus has made three very distinct spiritual warnings. He warned those who had hardened hearts, like the soil along the path, that the enemy snatches the gospel seed as soon as it hits their heart. He warned those who had no depth of heart, like soil with rocky ground. Tribulation and persecution prevent the gospel seed from taking root. He warned those who had unfruitful hearts, like soil near thorns. The gospel seed is choked out by the cares, riches, and pleasures of this world. After three weeks of warnings, today we transition into a blessing and an incredible promise to close the parable. In Matthew 13, verse 8, Jesus gives us the fourth type of soil. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Jesus is going to show us that a soft heart is like good soil. It receives the seed and endures the seasons. Let me say that again. A soft heart is like good soil. It receives and endures. You might be wondering, how does a heart receive the gospel seed? In his explanation to the disciples, found later in verse 23 of the same chapter, Jesus says this, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Receiving the seed of the gospel is hearing the message that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, sent to us to save us from our sin. He took our punishment for sin on the cross, receiving the wrath of God in our place, dying then buried in a tomb. Three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead, overcoming death and sin. Then Jesus appeared to hundreds, if not thousands of people, before he ascended to heaven to prepare a place for all those who would receive this seed of the gospel and those who would confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead so that they might be saved. For the most part, this is related to an eternal perspective and what comes at the end of our lives. Having been redeemed, we enter heaven to be with Jesus, those who have chosen to follow him. And yet, there are many seasons of life between hearing and understanding the gospel and the moment we enter eternity. 
What did Jesus mean by these 160 and 30-fold yields of spiritual fruit? Is this an earthly or an eternal metaphor, or both? What is the spiritual fruit that is yielded over our lifetime? Thankfully, Luke's account of this parable provides some helpful insight regarding gospel endurance. He records Jesus' teaching in detail, a lot more detail than Matthew does. In Luke chapter 8, verse 15, we read this. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. According to Luke's account, the heart of good soil holds fast with honesty and goodness. And there's an element of patience connected to the gospel-centered heart. But you might be wondering, why is Luke's account so different? Where's the 160, 30-fold yield analogy? Well, if you remember from the first message in this series, Matthew was writing to a larger Jewish audience that didn't need as much context. Luke, on the other hand, was writing to his Greco-Roman friend, Theophilus, who had no Jewish background, nor did he live near the area in which Jesus was speaking. Perhaps Luke knew that the metaphors wouldn't land properly with Theophilus. Maybe he was concerned that his friend wouldn't fully understand what Jesus was saying. Another possibility is that, as a researcher, writing this account quite some time after the events, Luke received some information from the disciples, which he included for further understanding. Regardless of the reasons, Luke's account is extremely helpful. It's helpful for us to understand what these yields of fruit might look like within our earthly lives. Luke helps us understand that a gospel heart endures the seasons of life. For farmers and sowers in the first century or today, not every season provides the same yield. Anyone in agriculture could tell you that some seasons are a blessing, while others can be disappointing and full of trials. But you don't need to be a farmer to know that there are also tough seasons in life. Although we definitely experience seasons of joy and plenty, we also experience seasons of pain and sorrow. In our world today, there are cultural storms that beat us down. Almost all of us, on some level, have relational conflicts that never seem to resolve. And then there's mental and emotional issues that feel overwhelming. Then there's the spiritual battles that are waging all around us, all the time. And sometimes it feels like they're waging inside of us. During these difficult seasons, or perhaps after we've endured them, that's when we start to see the fruit of the gospel. When we receive Jesus into the soil of our hearts, we receive a life of endurance that once planted grows over time. He, Jesus, produces the gospel fruit of steadfast faith in a world that is constantly seeking spiritual meaning. Jesus provides opportunities for us to show authentic honesty and goodness, which is so often foreign to so many in this world. Then there's the fruit of patience to endure the trials of this life. We anticipate new growth at the end of each season. And the greatest yield of fruit won't be fully revealed until the fullness of time when we reach heaven. In word and in action, the great sower, Jesus Christ, has used us to plant gospel seeds in the hearts of people that we come in contact with. 
as we help them navigate these various seasons of this life. Maybe you're still on the fence. Maybe you're listening to this entire series and you're still skeptical. If that's you, I'm so glad that you've stuck with us and that you've listened so intently to what's been presented. Jesus has a final word for you. At the end of the parable, in verse 9, he said, He who has ears, let him hear. This small verse is connected to a statement Jesus makes a little later in the chapter when he quotes the prophet Isaiah to the disciples who were struggling to understand why he kept speaking in parables. Jesus said this, For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their eyes they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Did you catch that last part? Lest they should hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Your story's not over. If you've lasted through this series or even through this message, you have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ quite clearly. But what about understanding? Have you understood what Jesus has taught us through this parable? And throughout this series? If so, do you have a soft heart? Will you turn toward Jesus? Will you let him enter your life, redeem you from sin, and heal your heart? Or will you reject him and walk away? In a few moments, we're going to take communion together, a time for us to pause and remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. But before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity to open your heart and receive Jesus. You can say a prayer with me to be forgiven of sin, accept his gospel, and choose to follow Jesus from this moment forward. Let's pray. Dear Father, I know that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. But I believe that you love me and you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I believe he was buried, but three days later, he rose from the dead and in his resurrection conquered death and conquered my sin, making a way for me to be forgiven and redeemed. Dear Father, in this moment, I ask that you send your spirit into my life as I choose to follow your son, Jesus. And I look forward to that moment when I pass or when Jesus returns, that I might enter eternity to be in your glory in heaven. Help me to walk with you. Help me to be an example set by your son, Jesus. Give me conviction and guidance through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to move to communion. In the book of Matthew, uh, in chapter 6, we have an account of when Jesus gathered with his disciples one last time before he was arrested and eventually crucified. And in that time, they were gathering for Passover, an ancient tradition that, that God had instituted for the people of Israel. But, but Jesus was going to change Passover into something new, taking an old covenant for the Hebrew people and making it a new covenant for all people. 
And since that moment, Christians have been celebrating communion and, and doing this remembrance over and over again for 2,000 years. All over the world, different languages, different countries, everyone who proclaims Jesus as their Savior participates in this. So if you have given your life to Jesus, either today or sometime before, I invite you to take part in this. You can pause the video now and get some juice and some crackers or bread, and then I'll walk you through our communion. Uh, again, we're going to be in Matthew 26, starting in verse 26. Here's the process that we're going to take today. I'm going to pray for the bread first, and then we're going to read the passage, uh, Matthew 26, 26, about the bread, and then we will take the bread together. After that, I will pray for the cup, and then I will read the section, verses 27 through 29, uh, regarding the cup, and then we will take the cup together, all right? And then we'll close communion again with the time of prayer. And uh, you can feel free if you would like to stop the video and do this on your own as a group if you're watching. And uh, obviously in-house, we're going to be doing it together as a greater community that way. All right, let's get started by praying for the bread. Dear Father, we're taking a moment to remember the sacrifice of your son. That you loved us so much that you gave him as a gift that he would take the punishment for the sin and he would take on what rightfully should have been ours to take. Though he was perfect and we were sinful, he took the blame, he took the punishment, he became the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice that needed to happen for us to be fully forgiven. And we thank you Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross willingly. We thank you for taking the, the pain, the shame, the torture in our place. As we take this bread, we remember your body that was broken, that was whipped and beaten. We do this both in a moment of remembrance and in worship to you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Matthew 26, verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Let's pray for the cup. Dear Father, now we move to the cup, which is representative of your son's blood. That sacrifice can only be given with the shedding of blood and the atonement for sin in the blood that's shed. We thank you again for the gift of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross. We thank you for shedding your blood for us. We thank you for willingly being the sacrifice to atone for our sin. As we take this cup, we remember what you've done for us and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Verse 27. And he, Jesus, took the cup and when he had given thanks, 
he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Dear Father, we thank you for this time of communion. We ask that you would continue stirring in us this remembrance throughout maybe this week. Help us be thankful. Help us be full of worship. Help it reset our desire and our, and our goal to follow your son, Jesus. Help us lean into you and be led by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Last but not least, we're going to move to our discussion questions and prayer focus for this week. So you can gather online in the comment stream, or maybe you're watching with some people now. Go ahead and kind of circle up, ask each other these questions, and hash it out together. We don't just want this to be content consumption. There is a connection that happens when you discuss things that you've learned. There's community that's built, and we want that for you. We know that it's beneficial for every aspect of your life. And so take this opportunity. Question number one, what kind of season are you experiencing right now? What kind of season are you experiencing right now? Question number two, how has Jesus produced fruit during difficult seasons of your life? How has Jesus in the past produced fruit during difficult seasons of your life that you've walked through? And then last Take some time to pray with each other. Pray for those who are navigating difficult seasons right now. Pray for those in your life, maybe in your group or people you know who are navigating difficult seasons. Thank you so much for being here at Mountain View Church. Come back next week as we start a brand new series on the Old Testament book of Obadiah. You heard that right. Obadiah, one of the minor prophets. And maybe you're wondering, when's the last time I studied Obadiah? It's probably been a while. I know for me, I have never in my life, being brought up in the church, being a pastor for a long time, I've never uh, taught on Obadiah. I've never heard a sermon series on Obadiah. So I thought, hey, you know what? It's in the Bible. God's put it there. Let's crack this thing open and dig into it for a whole month. It's going to be great. So tell your friends, tell your family, uh, maybe invite someone new. Say, hey, we're going to look at this old ancient book and study it in church and online, in-house. It's going to be great. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, see you then. Thanks for listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If you've given your life to Jesus today or would like to join, serve, or support Mountain View Church, please let us know at mountainview.church connect. That's mountainview.church connect. Have a blessed week.